That wasn't the issue. He wanted him to go to heaven. Yep. Uh, for those who are going to be watching on uh, YouTube, I just now hit the start recording thing on our OBS, uh, which I know we hadn't got into the full text of it. Uh, one of our listeners said, they brought up Acts 8, verse 4, therefore those who were scattered went everywhere preaching the word. Yeah. And and we want to proclaim and we want to live it and be that example and our word this month for KW influence. And, That's right. And so when you, when you think about evangelism, our, our chapter today, we're going to be in Acts 17, it just really, uh, it just gives us such an awesome example of, of how evangelistic the Apostle Paul was and taking the gospel to, to everybody. And that's, that's the beauty of, of the church. It's the beauty of, of the gospel, the fact that it can reach every, everyone. And all throughout, the, all throughout the book of Acts, we've... We've seen Jews who received the gospel. We've seen Gentiles. We've seen people from different continents. We've seen people from from just all over. Different classes. Different classes. Of, that's right. And and it's going to the difference between just in in chapter sixteen alone, which you brought up. We got Lydia, who's a Jew, and the jailer, who's a Gentile. And then you think about the eunuch and how different that he is from Ethiopia, and. Um, and so all these different ones were so different. The people who were in Samaria, and then now we got Paul. I wouldn't think that his this is his lesson on on Mars Hill that that we're going to get into. But uh, I just think, man, his his example of he's not afraid to go to anybody to talk talk to him about Jesus, and and that's just what a pattern that he sets for us and to. To just be willing, and I think about you know how many times he went in daily and reasoned with people and and in the synagogues and wherever it might be, and and so certainly he's going to take he's going to take where these people are, and and he's going to introduce Jesus to them. Don't you, you know, hearing you do a I don't know a recap or whatever, you know the things we've you're talked a lot to, better at that than I am. But. <laughs> no, hearing you, no, I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about you know hearing you do a recap. I'm thinking, this is the the engineer mindset bubbling up now, mm-hmm. okay? But I'm thinking if if I'm going to cover my bases with something, like we need to, to make sure that we understand this uh, product development, or we're gonna we're gonna bring this part to to the we got this product and we're gonna bring it to the public, right? Mm-hmm. And we want to cover all our bases. We want to make sure everything is, you know, hit it from every point of view, the way it's going to work, the way it's going to wear out, the way it's going to be fixed, the way it's going to be used, everything like that. You know, here, the way that you explained it, I was just thinking about the idea that by the time we get to Acts 17, by the time we get the first blended church, mm-hmm. we've hit every part of society. And, and Pretty it's, much. I mean, you think about it. We've hit Jews, right, on Pentecost. Mm-hmm. We've hit poor Jews, right? I mean, yeah, they're obviously poor Jews because the Hellenists, the 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 yeah the, yeah, the widow, Greek Jews, right? Yeah, and and um, yeah, they're in Act Six. They're Act not getting six. their the daily distribution, yeah. right? And so, so but but we've got rich people because Barnabas is selling his land and giving it away, right. right? You mm-hmm. know, we've got Ananias and Sapphira that apparently had money, right? I mean, right, I know their motive was wrong, right? Mm-hmm. We get to Samaria, we've got a different type of people. You know, a different, you know, sort of almost race of people there in Samaria, and we get all classes of society built into that. And then we fast forward until where we get to the first Gentiles coming in. We got a soldier mm-hmm. of great importance That's right. that that we bring Influence, in. Right. And so I just think about like how how really of an awesome thing to watch the progression of the gospel and the way that through inspiration Luke would write about its propagation, the way it spread. And how essentially he covers every facet of society from top to bottom and backwards and forwards. Yeah, by the time Acts four is there, they heal, they heal the guy at the temple, and then they start preaching about Jesus and, and repentance, and and so then the you know Peter and John they're put on trial, and as they're standing there on trial, they're like, listen, don't go out and preach about Jesus anymore. And so they they're putting this the reins on them, but it's still spreading like a wildfire. Like a wildfire. And it, it's, it's such an it's, awesome thing. To, just to if if you're gonna like, I don't know if you've ever stepped away, because I get caught up sometimes in myself in all the different facets, 
you know, of how the Bible fits together. But if you step away from it and you just looked at it from the standpoint you're trying to prove its inspiration, to me it proves its inspiration just in the way that it's laid out. Just in the context. I mean, how, There's lots of ways that it proves itself, yeah. Yeah, I, I'm just saying, like, what, what an awesome thing to think about how, how God, through this divine... I mean, and, and it's even apparent in the epistles. You look at the epistles, right? Mm-hmm. If Galatians was the first epistle that was written... Well, then, then, and, and you know, theologians, you know, whatever people would agree that most people would agree that the Galatian letter was the first letter that was widely circulated in sure. the churches. Well, they're dealing with Judaizing problems, mm-hmm, right? right. Mm-hmm. Well, by the time Paul's writing the Corinthian letters and the Roman letters and and a lot of the later the prison epistles, mm-hmm. those things have kind of they've gone out. They right. fizzled out, right. right? I mean, like just think about how those things prove inspiration of the Bible and how and how God's given us this this little. You know, smidgen of a portion that we have here, and and everything that we need, everything that we need to go to heaven is right here, right. and nothing else. Yep. What all, about, yeah, yeah. All all things that pertain to life and God in Second Peter, one three. One three. And and just I was talking to I was having a study with a guy today just about the, that's that thing and. Uh, that very thing that you know when John when he's talking about Jesus on the cross and and I was we were doing we were studying about prophecies and how that we can really prove prove the, the existence of God through prophecy the fact that these things were written long time beforehand and these guys are saying it, and now we see where these things are coming true and really until I started really studying studying prophecy a whole lot I didn't see them now they jump out to me in the New Testament I'm like hey I gotta go check that one out. But it's like, for instance, you know, Psalm 22, it's written 1,000 B.C. during the time of David. They talk about they pierced my hands and my feet. It talks about the, the things that happened at the day of the cross. Within well, Zechariah 12, talks about that uh, in 10, it says that, talking about Jerusalem, they will look on me whom they pierced. And, uh, and there'll be mourning for, for Jeru- in Jerusalem that day. And, uh, and so it's like this name in the exact city that, that Jesus is going to be crucified in but they're both talk about pierced, and they're mm-hmm. and they're written a five hundred years apart from each other. These two guys didn't sit down and drink coffee together. Right, that's right. And and but what's cool? So that's one aspect of how the Bible we can prove the existence of God through through prophecy. And if anybody wants to study on that, I love it. I do it all the time. But this when when John is talking in John nineteen, and he's talking about no broken bones, and the, and he's referring to the, all these prophecies and things, and they go through all this stuff. When he gets to the part where Jesus gets pierced in the side, all right, he's already dead, blood and water comes out, and we can go on the science of that some other time, but he he stops right Can you there. do that with me sometime? I want I want to do that. I I yeah. learned like peripheral lessons about that, but I want you to, to give me the, the whole give me the, the I don't want the reader's digest, yeah, but yeah, I yeah. want the whole yeah, thing. Yeah, we'll do it sometime. So but he goes um John says, hey, he pierces his side and water and blood flows out. And John doesn't go into any more details about the cross because it was not about it was not about drama. These beating on the table. Sorry. These guys <laughs> didn't write these things so that they Please. could make a lot of money for it. Right. They didn't make these things to make it a big drama-filled thing. He's, he's piercing his side. And that's how I know that these men were inspired to write these things and not just because if man's just writing it for man's glory, it's going to be real dramatized. Marvel Studios. Just, yeah, Marvel Studios, <laughs> Netflix series. Here you go. Right. But he he stops in, in Acts 19 with the piercing of the sign, and he goes, and he, and he references two problems. He said, I've seen these things, and I'm, and I'm telling you that I've saw these things. And of course, John's speaking in third person, and he who speaks these things is telling the truth. And so that you would believe. And that's the whole thing. And then he quotes two prophecies about it, about no broken bones. And he quotes about Zechariah 12.10, about how they'll look on him and they're pierced. And it's uh, and so John, so you're, you're right. There's, so there's all kinds of ways that the Bible's written that we know. We wouldn't go into a bunch of that. You know, we, we know no physical, hardly any physical details about Jesus. Right. You know? That, that, maybe that would be a good uh, series next is... is you know, preaching Jesus from the Old Testament. Sure, I, you know we can do it, do it all the time. The um, so now here we are in Acts seventeen. Yep. Right. So Acts seventeen. Twenty three minutes in. That's okay. Yeah, that's right. The um, uh, I get paid by the year now. You're right. <laughs> so, yeah. the, uh, 
not by the hour. So yeah. the uh, Acts 17, verse 16. Yeah. Now, while Paul waited for them in Athens... You know, I, you know what? I probably read this. <laughs> Let's just stop right there. Let's just stop right there. <laughs> yeah. and, you know, I've I read this 10,000 times, I reckon, and I've never really thought about this, but, you know, we're, we're talking about before about the, you know, lifestyle, right? Mm-hmm. You know, like we last week we are talking about, you know, how... He ain't no grass growing his feet. Yeah, exactly. Oh, I'm going to sit up here and I'm going to lay up here and wait on them to get here before yeah. we start doing something. Let's hold up. No. Right. Yeah, I mean, now while Paul waited for them in Athens... His spirit was provoked in him. Yeah. Not, and that's like the that's the even though it's the if you look it up, it's the same Greek word as is all scriptures, you know, Second yeah. Timothy three sixteen to give him inspiration. Oh, it is the same word. It okay. is. But but we understand, you know, contextually mm-hmm. that it's not big S, it's little it's S. It's not the Holy Spirit, but it's Yeah, it's, it's Numos. You know that that's the word? Numos. Yeah, Numos, Numos. I have to look it up and see exactly. But but it's the it's it's air. Right, it's the it's the is it, that's why some versions of Second Timothy three sixteen says all scriptures are breathed God, by God, breathed, God breathed, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. Because breath mm-hmm. is air, and and it's the same word that we get for pneumatic. Okay, it's so like a pneumatic nailer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, it runs off a of been using air. one this week. Yep. Yeah, it runs off of air, right. and so the uh, you know this this force, you know this inspired. You know this, and so Paul here at Athens, his spirit. Yeah, yeah, that's him. Mm-hmm. That's a go team go. You know the the rah rah idea. That's right. You know the, this thing that that motivates Paul. It's not while the spirit was provoked in him; it was his spirit was provoked within him when he saw that the whole city was given over to idols. It makes me remind of Jesus. You know, as, as he's kind of wrapping up and he's heading in Jerusalem and he's just standing kind of at the cusp of it. And he, you I just, just wish that I, how I want to just cuddle you up under my feathers, my wings, and mm-hmm. yeah, Jesus like can take him in his arms. Like a hen gathers her brood under his wings. I'd have done the same thing for you. And, and it's almost like, you know, Paul is standing here on Mars Hill and, and he just, he's got to be looking and thinking like, what folly they found themselves in. I, I just really want to point this out. And, I think this is important for us to remember, Bob. You know, the Bible doesn't, it never condemns. There's a lot of things the, the Bible condemns by implication, but, but, but not explicitly. So, for example, slavery, mm-hmm. right? It, it condemns slavery in, its, uh, in the way that it's, the Bible is written. In other words, so it doesn't, it implies the negativity of, of, of enslaving somebody in the New Testament. Mm-hmm. But it never specifically says you can't have slaves. Yeah, uh, There's so many things that are implied within the inspired text. And, and to me, I, I think about these things like this. And so Paul is in, in Athens, and he's at the center of all this religious hubbub, right? Mm-hmm. We may look back and look at it and say, well, they were philosophers and, and, and all this and that, but that was religion to them. Mm-hmm. Just as much as evolution is is religion to them. Whether or not they want to agree with it or not, evolution is a religion. Mm-hmm. It, it, they may not want to uh, uh, say that. It's faith-based. But it's faith-based. It without saying. Right, exactly right. I'll I tell you, whenever we start, whenever we stop looking over the city and realizing that and it's lost. We got to be real careful because we're about to rejoin them. Because if if we if we forget that we've got to have eyes that see the world lost, we've got to see it just like Jesus did when he looked at Jerusalem. You made a mess, yeah. and he's going in. They're going to kill him there, yeah. right? And Paul is standing on Mars Hill, and and he, and, and the reason why he's going to go to the Areopagus and have this speech that we're going to talk about is because he sees the the city given over to these idols, man. I never want to lose scope or focus. I never want to forget that I've got to keep optics on the fact that everybody is lost. And if everybody's lost, that should motivate me and change me. That's right. That should make me want to be the kind of person that's, that wants to do whatever I can and, and go to whatever end I need to go to to save them. Yeah, and that's a... I was going to comment on the same thing, and Paul gives us such a great example that, like, he doesn't say, like, okay, so he began to pray... And, and and to wait on wait on his brothers to get there or he he's not saying, Well, you know, boy, we got a big job to do when these guys get here, but he's not waiting on them. And I mean I just think we think about like these these mission trips and things that 
of course, you know, you go on Honduras, and I'm so thankful that's where we met, and uh, on a on a fishing trip, as I call it. But when, of course, the language barrier there. But as soon as I hit the ground, I'm like, why are we waiting another day? Why are we waiting to set up this night? You know, let's let's hit the streets. But I understand that there's some things I can't go out and just talk to anybody. That's right. When it's down there, but but sometimes it's like, man, I have that in, intensity. Sometimes when you go on those trips and we get so excited and you certainly look out there and it's like, man, I got, we got seven days mm-hmm. and we're going, we're going to hammer down. Mm-hmm. And sometimes I'm like, you know what? We, I should be having that same intensity here, here every day. And, and, uh, and so some days I'm great at it. Some days I'm not. And I tell you, man, like you think about this, like I, I just I don't know, just a couple of weeks. I'd have to look at the dates. I'll be here a year. Mm-hmm. I mean, it like seems like this. You know, I've noticed that ever since you've gotten here, like our church numbers have just gone down. <laughs> I mean, it is like we're like half cut, capacity. COVID nineteen. <laughs> yeah. No, I, I mean it. Just it just. I've never had more free time than I have now, but never been more busier. And right. and. But what it makes me see is, is if a year zoom, zooms by like it does now, what's it going to look like in 10 years, in 20 years, in 30 years? Yeah. I, I can't wait. That's right. There's, there, the, You know, today is a day of salvation. Amen. I can't wait. I guarantee tomorrow. tomorrow and can't wait. And so let's, yeah, let's get it done while we can. And that's what Paul's doing here. That's right. He gives us that perfect example. That's why it's therefore, verse 17, therefore. Yeah, what's it therefore? That's right. It's, but, there, it's therefore because... He was provoked in his spirit. That's right. He reasoned in the synagogue with the Jews and in the Gentile with the Gentile worshipers in the marketplace daily. With those who happened to be there. He didn't care who it was. If you happen to be there, I'm talking to you. Let's let's have his chat. Yep. Let's pay a wow. And so however long he's gonna have to be there, he's let's 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 see whoever we can do it with. Then certain Epicureans and Stoic philosophers encountered him, and some says, What does this babbler want to say? Others said, he seems to be a proclaimer of foreign God because he preached to them Jesus and the resurrection. So you got these two, you know, different schools of thought. And I looked these these up a couple of weeks ago to study on them. And, and uh, Gary Bennett does his scripture reading every morning. And he had to act 17 about, a, I don't know, within the last week, I believe. And... I, and maybe kind of step back and look at this, the two different, but the difference between these two, and I really wanted to tell you about them, but guess what? Forgot. I clean forgot. Yeah. <laughs> it was real interesting at the time. Like, oh, this would be good to bring up in our podcast, and then I forgot. <laughs> and all oh, these two different. Yeah, what's the difference in the Epic, the Stoics and the Epicurean? Oh, I ain't got a clue. Uh, well, I did. Yeah. But but guess what? I'm in the same boat you were. <laughs> I ain't got a clue. Yeah. Well, but, yeah, I'll have to look. I'll have to study on that too. Gary, I hope you're still listening. Uh, if you are, there's only, there's only one eye on our live thing. I don't know how true that is, but well, one viewer. But yeah, maybe you can comment on that. The the here, something it, happened to our. No, we're still up. Okay, we're still going. So in verse eighteen, it says, "What does this babbler want to say?" Others said, "He seems to be a proclaimer of foreign gods." Have we talked about this before? Me and you. Mm-hmm. No. So in Acts 18 right there, the word... And 17, it, verse 18? 17, 18. Did I, say, did I say Acts 18? Yeah, go ahead. Though. Acts 17, 18. It says, what does this babbler want to say? Others said he seems to be a proclaimer of foreign gods. Mm-hmm. That word there, foreign gods, is demons. Oh, okay. And, and the reason why, these are Greeks. Mm-hmm. So you're getting a Greek... What, what do these Greek guys say? Mm-hmm. And they're saying, so you change this, and it says, he seems to be a proclaimer of new demons. Why? Because he preached to them the Jesus and the resurrection. Now, what's interesting about that is to a Greek, a demon was somebody like Heracles. Mm-hmm. Right? Hercules was born mortal and raised to the status of immortality. When we think about a demon, it's like the ones that we have to go check under the bed of our kids for, right. you know, or, or like the closet, shut yeah. the closet door, mm-hmm. right monster. at nighttime, right? It's a monster in there. But to, to a Greek, it was just somebody that was born immortal and raised to the status of immortality. So when they're hearing Paul talk about why, because he preached Jesus and the resurrection, resurrection. Mm-hmm. this guy that's been raised to immortality, a resurrected person is immortal then, right? 
So they're like, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. You're talking about some new god. Yeah. Some foreign god. You know, somebody they hadn't heard of before. But they're saying this this demon. So so that's why, verse 19, they took him and brought them to the Areopagus, saying, may we know this new doctrine of, of which you speak. Yeah, and of course, I mean, Paul even talks about it in 1 Corinthians 1, about how the, to the Greeks is foolishness. Yes. About, you know, the fact that, that okay, this... This God comes to earth and then he's going to die? Right. That's foolishness. Yeah, and, and but if you, if you think about it in context, if you're a Greek, you know, their gods were highly immortal. immoral. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, like, they were way more immoral than man. I mean, like, you know, this one's raping his sister or whatever. You know, all these different, the mythology. I mean, they lived right. far more immoral lives than we did, human humans. Mm-hmm. And... And so when when and they're always these great conquerors and and you know the, however the case may be and you got one that comes in the form that by right is divine and he's a king and he owns the world and then he lets his creation kill him right that sounds foolish yeah exactly and and you look at the way you know just all these things he he placed in a feed trough you know at his birth and and all these the the way that he. Why would he have to work? Well, you know, why is he, why right. is he going to be a carpenter and, and right. do these things? And so that, that's what they're wanting to hear about. Like yeah. this, there's this. This seems like a new. We want to hear this thing. Tell me, tell us about this. So this is right. this is interesting to us, and that's why it says in verse twenty one, for all the Athenians and the foreigners who were there spent their time in nothing else but either to tell or to hear some new thing. That mm-hmm. they're they're waiting for the newest. You know, you know that's. That's part of Ephesians four, you know. Ephesians four says, you know, God having some apostles, some prophets, some evangelists, some mm-hmm. pastors, some teachers, you know, till we all come to the unity of faith, no longer be tossed and fro to and fro with every wind of doctrine that we should become complete, grown up, full stat. You know, depending mm-hmm. on which version you read, this yeah. this complete man mm-hmm. in Jesus. Yeah, that's what they're there. I mean, they're they. This is the quintessential snapshot of the people that are, you know, kind of. Going back and forth, backwards and yeah. forwards. You know the tennis match. If you Paul know. wants to get get him to the measure of the fullness of Christ, and that's exactly right. Yeah. So All verse right. twenty-two. You got something you want to say? No. Mm-hmm. Then Paul stood in the midst of the Areopagus and said, "Men of Athens, I perceive in all things that you're very religious men." Yeah, I would... and, that, and that's pretty cool. Paul, he's going to take them where they are, but that's something that we have that we can take from him. Is like he could stand up here and be like. What are you doing with all these idols out here? Don't you it's know the that rock. this is stupid? It's a rock. You know? and, 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 you know, Isaiah does that with Israel, right? You know, Isaiah has this, um, you know, he has this kind of like high metaphorical hyperbole of a uh, parable where he says, all right, let's, let's talk about this, Israel. You go out and you cut this tree down. And then you cut it and you shave it. And you use the, the, the shavings to cook your food on. And then you you going to form it and fashion it into your image of what a god should be. You bring it in your ha- you have to put it on your shoulders to tote it. Mm-hmm. Then you bring it aside and you have to put nails in his feet to hold it up. And then after you've you've cut the tree down, you fashion it. You've used the shavings to cook your food on. You look up and you say, "Here is my god. Right. <laughs> I'm going to worship." Like the foolish. How dumb is that? How stupid! Paul yeah. didn't do that. No, and and he and he could have, and so that. And he'd have been right. Yeah. I mean, that's he'd, right. he'd have been right in doing so. And so we look at the way that, that he presents the message. It's like, and and everybody's different. Sometimes with some people, they don't want you to beat around the bush. They Jude 23. Rip them band-aids off. And, yeah. And, Jude 23 says some people you save by dragging them out of the fire. That's right. You know, some people you just got to snatch them and we yeah. got to have a hard chat. That's right. And it's, some people you got to. Got to go soft and, and easy with them. These are philosophers. That's right. These are thinking man's man. But he gives them he gives them kind of this this fist bump to start with, and he he listen. I perceive that you guys are very religious, and certainly. So, go Verse ahead. Twenty three. For I was passing through, and considering the objects of your worship, I even found an altar with this inscription. You know what? What I think is kind of interesting too about this is that. Paul spends the time to learn his enemy. Yeah. You, you see what he's done? Yeah, we he's, had this banner at uh, when I was in the investigation unit, and I had a supervisor who was, he was real big on, like, this motivating but word stuff. And, and so on this banner, at the front of our office, it had, you must know your enemy better than they know themselves. 
And I thought, man, that's that's so crazy. But so if I'm going to try to get a criminal, I need to know him better than he knows himself in order to catch him. Right. And uh, Or just to figure out what it is that, that he left behind. Right. What, what trace evidence was there. And, of course, when you're talking about, you know, a mailbox vandalism, you know, <laughs> I, that's, it, it, your mailbox is important, all right? But right. it's not as important as the person who got raped on Friday night <laughs> right. or, as, or as important as the $60,000 got stolen in somebody's house or the homicide that happened. And so, right. you know, we're not, we'll spend some time. We'll call you up about your, about your mailbox. But it's $19 to fix it at Lowe's. We're going to try, and you'll get a special patrol by the deputy, and you might see them come by an extra time or two. But that's as far as I'm going to look into your case. i got more important things. But So I'm not going to spend much time studying about the mailbox guy. I'm going to spend, because that's more like the kids or drunks or whatever. But I understand that when it comes to things that are real important, you know, I would study about those things. And, and Paul gives us that example that, and, and man, that's one reason I have so much respect for you. The how much that, that you study and the things that you know and, and about all these other things, and I, I learn so much from you all the time. And and Paul, yeah, he 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 knew what he was doing when he was going in. And this is a pure evangelist right here, using his surroundings. Mm-hmm. You think about how many times you sit around and 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 you talk about one person's life or how many times you give illustrations and mm-hmm. and uh, and you, you bring their life into it. And um, that's one thing about the uh, Little Mountain Ministry Camp, free camp for men and boys. And Carson, his first day there, they handed him a sweet and low packet and said, hey, all right, you got, you got 30 seconds to think about it, and then you got one minute to bring me to Jesus with a sweet and low packet or two minutes, you know, whatever it is. Mm-hmm. And of course he failed, but it's using your surroundings. Well, what can I do? So now when he sees a sweet and low packet, he he starts thinking more about how can I how can I talk about Jesus with it? And so, you, you when you told me that we have put, I think that's such an awesome because I think critical thinking is something that's important, sure. right? And and that's that's Chris's opinion. Okay, I'm not going to say there's book, chapter, and verse on that, but I could I could say the principles supported throughout the the Bible, but the. I just think critical thinking is such a huge deal to have, and so whenever you told me that, like we we even incorporate that as a, we always have our Bible time, and then if it's not too late, or you know, there's not you know irons in the fire that we gotta you know that turn white hot and about to burn out, you know, we always do an activity. Yeah. And so that's one of the activities that we do now. And but what what I do is. Because you're such a good dad when you pick kids against the other one, right? <laughs> so, so all that Ryan, what do you mean? I, I mean that I, I foster a conducive environment for my ch- children to grow and never make fun of. No, right. the I'll let Ryan, my littlest one, say, "Hey, Ryan, you come up with." Two objects to give to Aiden and Liam to their brothers. Yeah, he ain't gonna pick easy ones. No, 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 no. And it's funny because he's like rusty thumbtack, <laughs> <You know? laughs> and he's like that little thing that's on the end of your shoelace. You know, yeah. that little plastic thing on you the end of your shoelace. Right. <laughs> right, right, exactly. And that's awesome. Yeah. And, and so the um, but uh, they know that they're gonna get. They know they're gonna get the hardest scenario. Yeah. And and it's and it's because I mean let's face it the stuff that we. You know, the illustrations that you've used, I've seen you use great ones. I've seen you use them multiple times. Once or twice, yeah. And, and it's because, I only have three good ones. Well, they're really good ones. And, <laughs> we'll hammer them in. But, yeah. but it's because yeah. they're, 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 most of those things are always around us. Right. You know, but, but I think that's a, a perfect way. And that's what Paul does here mm-hmm. is, he, is he's breezing through the city. And, and you can imagine he's walking through and looking at these things. And, and I wonder if he's thinking as a Jew, like, you know, you got this guy that's a god of war. And, and. And God has always said that He was going to protect you and take care of you. He's your God of War, or or this guy that that created the 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 earth or or whatever. And He's thinking, mm-hmm. you know, God in seven days, six days created the, you know. And, and so right. He's the going out of the sea, or yeah, you know, yeah, 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 exactly. Like you pointed out Sunday, you know, I'm the one that that I'm the one that tells the sea where to stop at. That's right. And so Paul goes through and he says, look, I, I see. That as I was passing through, considering the objects of your worship, I found an altar with the inscription to the unknown God. Let me tell you about him. Let me tell you about him. Yeah, and, and it's just it's perfect. And we should, I don't know about you, but like, I guess it's the police officer that sent me, but every time that retired police officer or whatever, every time I would go into a place, like I'm, I'm scoping things out. 
I'm I'm looking in a restaurant or a store. I'm like, where's my enemies? Where's my allies? You know, where's my shooters at? And 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 then, but also like, I don't know. I guess it's just a craziness thing. But like, if I'm at a hotel or whatever, I'm like, where's the fire extinguishers? Where's the exits? How do I tell my family how to get out? Where's the second plan? I'm just always doing those things. But don't sit with you back to the door. Yeah, and and so, but also at the same time, always looking for things. And we should always be arming ourselves to be prepared. And that's what Paul's doing. And we should, And what's, what better to be prepared than shot our feet with the preparation of the gospel Amen. and, and all these things. So, uh, therefore, the one whom you worship without knowing, him I proclaim to you. And, I'll and tell you about him. Have you ever thought about I've thought about this from two kind of schools of thought. Like, like almost today... You know, with the sort of the progressive minds, you know, some of this uh, progressive progressivism or whatever the word is in society, where where we must include everybody. Yeah. You know, we we can't we can't say that anything is bad. I've wondered, is that the reason why the unknown God was there, or was it because they just like, well, maybe maybe we just don't know which one this is. You know, mm-hmm. or we we in case we've left one in case out. We left one out. Let's just plug one in. We don't want his wrath. Yeah, exactly. But and I and I wonder, you know, because in their day they thought that, and, and we'll get into it a little bit more here in verse twenty four. He's going to say, "God who made the world and everything in it, since He is Lord of heaven and earth, does not dwell in temples made with hands, nor is He worshipped with men's hand, as though He needed anything, since He gives to all life and breath and all things." God, it's not like God, Paul's drawing this, and that's why I wonder if that's what he's saying, that, that that this unknown one, in case you missed one, let me just plug this guy in. You know, he can be the, the pinch hitter God, right? Mm-hmm. And, and Paul uses this analogy, like, it's it, was it Elf? Was that the movie where, where um, you know, Santa Claus just, he was about to, you know, run out of steam because not a lot of people believed in him or something like that? It was some oh, Christmas man. movie I saw where, you know, Santa Claus, he just won't going to be able to carry presents to everybody. Yeah, cause... I think it's Tim Allen. That was one of him, the Santa Claus. Okay, well, anyways, there had to be, be an elf. There had to be enough people to believe in Santa Claus in order for him his sleigh to work mm-hmm. or his his you know his his magic powers to work or something like right, that. Right. And 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 it's not the way it works with God. Yeah, it does work with Santa though. <laughs> most yeah, but, but yeah, you're right. It don't work with God that way. Yeah, it's, it's like gravity. He's it doesn't matter. He deserves our praise. He deserves our worship. But I just want you to know this, that if, if you canceled every church service on Sunday morning and nobody sang a hymn to God, nobody prayed to him, he's still going to be God. Absolutely. He doesn't need more of our steam. Now, does he deserve it? Yes. Should we give it to him? Yes. But really, you think about it, worship, it's, it's the, it's the, it might be a sweet-smelling aroma to, to God, you know, the, but the, it's really it's about aligning me with him and realizing that I'm the creature He's the creator, and I need to be bringing forth what he's the what potter, he, and I'm the clay. That's right. And, and it's it's just like I always say, it's just like gravity. You don't have to believe in gravity for it to work. Mm-hmm. It's not like you need to do anything to make gravity work or make work better or it's anything like it. Jump off, jump yep. off anything. You'll never go up. Never ever ever will you go up. And and so you know, Paul says right here, he has made from one blood. Every nation of men who dwell on the face of the earth and has determined their pre-appointed times and the boundaries of their dwelling. In their day, they thought that every race of men descended from their own gods. Mm-hmm. So, you know, uh, Asian people or, or African people or European people, Nordic people, you know, whatever, whatever race of people that you were, that they thought that they had their own gods. And so, you know, that's one of the other things Paul's dealing with here. He's like, listen, you know, you guys have got all these gods because you think we got all these different races of people that come from all these different gods. We're, we're all these different offspring. And he's going to talk about that a little bit later. But no, 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 no. The one that you're missing, he's the one that your gods that said made the heavens and the earth. Well, he did that. Mm-hmm. He's the one that, that set in motion the way that we're made. Models from nothing, from dust. I heard Brother Marshall Keeble say one time, "If you don't believe you came from dust, just die and see what you turn back into." Yeah. And and you'll find out. He's covering all their bases right there. He said the the, the unknown God is really the one that you need to know about because the rest of them are nothing. That's right. And what's what's awesome is the fact that what they needed two thousand years ago, roughly, give or take a few years, 
It's the same thing that we need today. You look at you look at race problem that there is today, and somebody who looks at the pigment of somebody's skin and and thinks that it's different. Guess what's flowing in us? The same blood, bud. Same blood. And you look at there's some religions that are out there that there, some of these people believe in Christ, and guess what? They won't. You you think about the Jehovah's Witnesses. They're not going to get a blood transfusion. That's right. You, you know that the 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 brother Mike Glenn did a lesson on this back home, and I never. I, it was just really profound thinking to me about it. But the man that discovered blood typing was black. Did you know that? I, I knew it because you told me before. Yeah. And he died on the steps of a white hospital needing a blood transfusion, and that was in the forties or thirties, maybe. I can't remember when it was. Yeah. And, and they wouldn't give it to him. Not that they were being racist or something like that. They just literally thought that his blood was incompatible with their blood. And and he had discovered it. Now we know that, that my blood, I'm a type O, right? Mm-hmm. So guess what? Free giver. Everybody gets mine. Yep. The, the, kind of the drawback is I can only have type O. Mm-hmm. And, and so that's why the, the blood, what's the blood bus people called? Yeah. Blood Assurance or Red you know, Cross. Yeah, yeah, Red Cross. Mm-hmm. You know, they're, they're, they they call me, call me, call me, call me, call me because they want it because yeah. everybody can use it everywhere. And, and Paul uses that as an analogy. Verse 27, so the reason why he's done all these things, he's made us, he's made the world, he's given us all this, this understanding of, of the way that we move and breathe and all this stuff, so why? They could seek him. That's what he tells Romans chapter 1. That, that, listen, you know, God never left you without witness. He never left you without a way to know the creation should make a scream and say, there's something did that. Everything has a creator. You know, my watch had a creator. Mm-hmm. It didn't just, you know, I can't just lay these components apart and all of them assemble. The worst thing... You mean if you, you take that thing and you put a stick of dynamite with it and you put it in a box and you blow it up and you shake it up for a billion years, you mean it's not going to come back to be a watch? No. <laughs> You know where basket case comes from? Basket case? Mm-hmm. You ever heard that term before? Oh, yeah, I've used it. You know where it comes from? Mm-hmm. Uh, the worst situations I ever found myself into was when somebody would bring me something in a box in just a bazillion pieces. <laughs> yeah. A basket case. Because I have, I can't look at, uh, you know, a, 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 just all these parts and visualize what it's supposed to be. Yeah. And so I, I, I would have to like, wait a minute now. Like you, you brought me a box of broken pieces. Yeah. Or they bring it to me in a napkin. Like just like their little snot rag. And it's it's watered up and they're pinched and they drop it on your desk. You're not talking about what Glenn Collie brings you clock parts, <laughs> are you? No, no, no. No. We'll table that one for another time. <laughs> and, but but they'll bring me something in, in a basket. And they'll bring me something in a, in a, in a mess. And you know what they want me to do? They know what it looks like, right? Because they broke it or something, and they want me to fix it. And I have no idea. I can't look at these yeah. broken pieces and tell you what it is. And, and 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 Paul is saying the same thing. Like you, you guys have, have have focused all your energies on figuring out that there's a God that made the world. Somebody did that. Somebody must have made the world. Somebody somebody made each one of us. Somebody must. Paul said you you focused your energies in the wrong way. There's one that did it all, and he did it. All these things around you that you figured out somebody did it, but he did it so that you would seek him, and he was never far from us. Yep, and he, you didn't even know his name. Didn't even know his name. Yep, so the, and this is the same reason. He wants us to seek him today. To seek the Lord and hope that they might grope for him and find him, though he's not far from us. It's like the dark, right? You know, like, you, you, you ever watch somebody in the dark? You ever put the oh, night yeah. vision on and watch somebody in the dark before? Uh, yeah. Every, every, everybody does this deal, right? Nobody does it like this right here. Yeah. They want that buffer. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, yeah. if something's going to get me, I want to get at least arm's length away from it, you know, whatever it is. And that's what Paul was saying. It's like, you guys, he, he's always within reach. You know, he's all, or, or you're trying to find the light switch. Mm-hmm. You, or like when the power goes out. That's right. When the power goes out and you walk into your bedroom and, and you know that you don't have power, what's the first thing you do? I flip the switch on. Yeah. You ever do that? Oh, yeah. You walk in, you flip the switch on, you think, dummy. Yeah. And you got power. And it's like I've walked, or sometimes, you know, a lot of times we'll leave a light on the house or whatever, but 
maybe for some reason the security lights out on the street or whatever and you just some nights you turn the lights off and it's like extra dark in your house there's no moonlight or whatever yeah and it's like i've walked with this bed a thousand times <laughs> but, but now i can't measure the depth and <laughs> right, don't know right yeah. right, right. Yeah, he wants us to. He wants us to grow for him. He wants us to be reaching for him. So and he's there. He, you know, the reason why you're looking for the bed is because your little toe. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. You're not yeah, worried right. about your shoulder or your belly, yeah, right? That's right? You're worried about that little bitty toe, toes. that little bitty piggy down there. And and so the the Paul is saying he's there just as much as you. Re- just as much as we realize the bed is there at nighttime when it's dark, Paul says he's there. Yeah, and he says in him we live, we move. Have our very being. That's right. And uh, also, as also some of your own poets have said, there you go, he's he's studied up on what they know. For we also have his offspring. For we are also his offspring. And he's like, look, even some of your own people have said those things. They figured it out. You guys think that all these gods made all these different races of people? No, 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 no. We are his offspring. He's using their words against them now. Yep. So since we're his offspring, since we're the offspring of God, verse 29, we ought not to think that the divine nature is like gold or silver or stone or something shaped by art and man's devicings. And so that's so many times we might not get caught up. In, if, if I was to take a, if I was to take something, some piece of stonework or, or piece of wood or whatever, and put it up and make an inscription out of it and make put some kind of face on it and put it up and you put it up out here in front of the in, in the church in front of a church assembly what do you think the people are going to do they're either going to throw that thing out throw you out or they're going to leave they're not going to worship that thing right but you take wood and stone and guess what we do we worship it mm-hmm. think about our houses mm-hmm. and and that's what we place more important and and we place those things as important to us and so we look at these people like they're a bunch of idiots but yeah, we we in America we get caught up in the, in the same things, and we we begin to worship things that are and place things between God and us, and uh, and it's it's the art that we begin to worship, mm-hmm. and and uh, and those those things are how. So we got to be we got to be careful. Verse thirty. Truly, these times of ignorance God overlooked, but now commands all men everywhere to repent. Does that mean that all those people before got didn't they got to go to heaven on a like on a, you know, an asterisk card or something like that. You know, like a, like a, uh, get out of jail free card or something. Is that what that means? Yes. No. <laughs> no, it doesn't. It, it's not. It, it's not that at all. It's, you know, and I use that. I use this verse right here so many times with people. It's all men, everywhere, and and there there may be times of of ignorance. You know, with, with people, and I I mean I I probably can't explain it the the way that you can, but it's the God always if he wants us to know something if he wants us to change he's going to make it he's going to make it known to you and if you you got to do things his way he overlooked the times yeah that that's what he did is that you know the the blessing of it is is that you know God has never desired anybody to go to hell why would he make us if he did Mm-hmm. I mean, does it, do you think he gets some kind of fun out of it? No, that's, the Bible clearly says that God takes no delight in the in in the death of the wicked. Mm-hmm. But what what we've got to see is that God infinitely from the garden. You mentioned it, Genesis three, when He spun into action the plan. And a few weeks ago, I think maybe it was on our podcast or something. Anyways, maybe we were talking, but you know, Genesis three when. When he gives the first prophecy of the Christ, mm-hmm. it's not it, that's that was the first prophecy. The plan was already in motion. Sure, Ephesians one, the first six yeah. verses, you know, the foundation of the world. Mm-hmm. Yeah, before the foundation of the world, he had this pre this predestined, this adoption, these things for us, and and so God well, we would become. Yeah, yeah, God overlooked all that time to get us to Jesus because that's why the blood that's why Jesus's blood can flow backwards and forwards because he overlooked the time mm-hmm. we think about time in a linear form Chris was born November 7th 1981 and there'll be an end date that we put on my well, I ain't even gonna have it they're just gonna burn me yeah. cre- cremate me you know but but you know if I had a tombstone mm-hmm. you know there's gonna be a there's gonna be a beginning and end date so there'll be a, a death certificate somewhere that's got my my date on it and and that, because we think about time in a linear fashion but God 
you know, it's it's the infinity for him. So so he can look across all those things and get to the point that everybody with Florida Cross, everybody that lived under this old system, the Jews they had the law. The Gentiles had a law of faith too. That's right. It's all about it's all about system of faith. And and so they could they everybody that was before Jesus and everybody that's after Jesus could have been saved. But he overlooked all that time to get to this one point. Yeah. And how does he do it? Because he appointed a day in which he will judge the world in righteousness by the man whom he has ordained, as Jesus. And, and the way he puts his stamp on it, Paul says right here, has given assurance of this. How? By making him the first fruits, by raising him from the dead. Yeah, and so it, does, it doesn't matter... It doesn't matter what you have to repent of. What I have to repent of and what these people had to repent of might have been two different things. Same thing with, with everybody else, but we all have to change. We all have to be conformed to the, to the image of his son and become like Christ and, and die to ourselves, be buried with him in baptism. and, and, and be. Paul says, hey, I've been crucified with Christ. No longer I who live, but him who lives in me. And, and so this, this repentance... It's something that we all have to do, and he says, but I'm telling you that he's, you're not just, it may stink while while you're repenting. It may, it may be horrible, the fact of things that you're having to give up, but I'm telling you, there's assurance. Amen. There, there, you have this blessed assurance, Jesus is mine, and he's telling them that. You got this assurance of this to all by the raising of the dead. And so my kids are all the time, they're thanking God. And so many people in the church, they're great about this. Lord, we thank you for Jesus. We thank you for his sacrifice on the cross. Yes, 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 we are. But when's the last time that we hear people pray about, God, we're just so thankful for the resurrection. Mm-hmm. And 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 I, I'm just, I'm trying to instill that in my boys now that, hey, this is the way we should be shaping our prayers too because that's the assurance that we have because every one of them kings before, they all died. Mm-hmm. They're the only one that raised. Amen. And so that's the assurance that we have. And So no pro and con list. That's right. I don't care what you got to give up. You, you make your cons. It doesn't matter if it's a million miles long. You put one pro over here, heaven. Nothing you put on the cons list will ever outweigh that one. Don't compare. One word outweighs everything that you'll have to do. Repent. Whatever that's going to mean. It'll never matter. It'll never be more important than... One word on your pro list. The pro list is like, go to heaven, and you're done. Yeah, so whatever you need to change, change it. There you go. In verse 32, it says, When they heard of the resurrection of the dead, some mocked. Yep, Don't worry. They, they do today, too. They do, the, they do today, too. But some say, we'll hear about this again. So Paul departed from among them. However, we talked about this last week, some joined him and believed. Among them Dionysus, an Aropagite, and a woman named Damaris, and others with them. I figure they're probably kind of prominent people in order to get named. Yeah. You know. Hey, they're, I'm not named in the Bible. That's right. <laughs> they are. They're more important than what I am. Amen. Well, yeah, I see. Now, not, they're not more important to God, but, yeah, to, in man's standards, it's like, they're in there for a reason. Yeah. And, and, and the reason is because they joined him. Mm-hmm. And we want to see... We want to look at conversion and and listen. I got to admit this to all our listeners. I was like, I was overlooking Act Seventeen, and you you you're the one who saw this, and it's like, okay, what does that mean? They're joining him and they're believing, mm-hmm. and so, so many times we're looking for conversion as going, okay, these people they believe there's there's baptism, there's there, and we do we see baptism in every conversion that's there, but certainly they don't have to put that in in, in every single text, but we see people. Um, who were joining them, and so many times our words, they may fall on deaf ears. They may fall on people who are going to mock us, but we're looking for that one. Mm-hmm. We're looking for the people that... Who, Manning for gold, that's what yeah. Tom says. Yeah, mining for it. Mm-hmm. Sift it all out. And, and uh, you know, studying with, with some college students this, this week, and they're, and, uh, you know, they were just, they're talking about, you know, how do I, how do I get people... To, to just desire it more. And I said, if I had that answer... <laughs> I'd sell it. <laughs> I'd sell it. I'd, I said, I'd be a lot richer than what I am right now. Yeah. Because that's the that's the whole thing. And it's the same same thing with Paul, that, this stirring that was within him in his spirit. It's a, You know, and two, it's, you, you got to imagine that, that 
the way that Paul articulates, you know, they've got this. You know, you can um, you can Google it. They've got this. The, the Oropagus, the outcropping, is still there in uh, Athens. And they've got it inscribed. I don't know who did it. You know, probably some Christian society group or something like that. Mm-hmm. But they've got his sermon there at Mars Hill mm. inscribed at the Oropagus. And nobody else's is there, by the way. But Paul's is there. And so you get, you got to think that, that Paul is... is is coming here. He's coming with enthusiasm. He's coming with what they need. He's coming with what they meet them where they at. And you know he didn't win them all. You know some people made fun of him. And, you know that was just chaff to him. He could. You know he. Could, I, no I mean, does it hurt my feelings sometimes? Yeah, it does. You know, I'm not gonna lie. It hurts my feelings sometimes when when people have picked on me about those things before. But uh, you know, Jesus says, "Let that be validity." Let the, when they make fun of you, when they persecute you, when they spitefully use you for my name's sake, let that be validity that you're doing exactly what the Lord wants you to do. And Paul goes away from here. I don't know how many it was. It was at least two. It was at least two. And, and this is a pretty short little sermon right here. I mean, you, you think about this. These two were so worth it that the, the whole chapter, that's what it was about. It's like Paul's waiting on them to get there to Athens. And then guess what? Chapter 18, uh, after these things, Paul departed. That's this right. is the victory. That's right. I mean, how, how, how many times, if you, could, if you knew that two people were going to respond and become, not, not just the, and others, right, but, but Dionysus and Damaris, right, not the others, whoever, how many ever that is, how many times would you do this of just two? Oh, man. <laughs> I mean, just two. And so, yeah, it, this, is, this is a story of conversions. This is a story of... of of an evangelist. This is a story of, of, of meeting them where they're at. It's just, there's so much power in these stories right here. And I, I think it's an awesome, an awesome account of conversions. Yeah. You got what, uh, you got any closing thoughts? I mean, you know, we could be here for another two hours. You want to do those yeah, things? We could be. And, and so wherever you're, we may have a broad spectrum of people who are either listening to this or going to listen to this. And, and the bottom line is, is wherever you are in your life, if there's something you need to repent of, repent. If there's something you're ignorant of and, and, and you've gained more knowledge of it now, repent of it. Change it. And, and then also, if you're the one who's, who's out there and, and you, need a, you need a light lit under you and, or you need your fan flamed, let Paul be that example of, of a go-getter. And, and also, you may think that... that you may be a preacher and you may be the one who's been who's been spreading the message and you think it's falling on deaf ears and never forget that somebody's listening. Mm-hmm. Somebody's paying attention and your influence. Paul gives his whole sermon to all these people and we read about the two and I, w- I would dare to say that those two, I can't even pronounce their name, Dionysus and Eric, whatever. Yeah. Damaris, I dare to say that they're probably in heaven today mm-hmm. because Paul decided that it, it was provoked within him to go do something about it. Amen. And so you may not, we may not pull them all out of the fire, but the Lord can, uh, he can certainly help us pull some out. Well, we thank you for joining us. This is the, the Unscripted Podcast. Pray you guys have a safe week.